Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. aside one day and, he, and he, he handed me a key to the church. I'm like, what, what's that for? He said, that's for Friday night. What's happening Friday night? Nothing. But when you're looking for something to do, you don't have anything to do and, you know, and you're tempted or whatever, come here. Just come to the church, unlock the door, come inside, turn on the sound system, you know, put on a worship CD, whatever, and, you know, just, just come here, hang out here. When you get saved, Christ transforms your life. But it doesn't mean you'll be free from temptation. There's a good chance Satan will hit you even harder. As Pastor Robert encourages us in today's message, it's vital that we take advantage of our community of believers to help us avoid and resist those temptations. Otherwise, we're setting ourselves up for failure. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of Hebrews chapter 6 for today's edition of Main Thing Radio. It doesn't matter that that's the way it's always been done. It doesn't matter that that's the way everybody does it. I don't know how many times I've heard that over the last 35 years, but everybody does it. Well, yeah, okay, everybody does it. That doesn't mean I got to do it. doesn't mean it's right. Oh, but it's cultural. I don't care. It's still wrong. The Bible still calls it sin when you lie, right? You realize that in some cultures, lying is a virtue. We've got a book on our shelf back here. I encourage you to read it. It's called Peace Child. It's like this one culture that made a virtue out of deception. It was highly exalted in their culture. The, the, the better you were at deceiving people, the, the, you know, the more highly honored you were in their culture. Well, that's perverted. That's not right. It's not biblical. It doesn't matter that everybody does it. It doesn't matter that it's a you know, it's something that's accepted culturally. When you come to know Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit moves into you, he changes you. And you know that it happened. And the people around you know something's happening. It's visible. It can be seen. It's tangible. I stopped going out to the clubs every weekend. That was one of the things I realized. <laughs> I got to stop that. Going out to the nightclubs every week, partying and drinking and playing around. And, and one of the things that immediately happened, again, nobody was telling me, you got to cut that out. No, he told me. He made it so clear to me. Actually, the very night that the, that the Lord came into my life, one of the things that he did was to show me how foolish it was. It's like I would go out and, and, and I never left a club without regrets. It just never, I mean, every single time, I, well, maybe, maybe literally leaving, but it's like by the next day, I regrets, just regrets, right? Spent too much money, drank too much, did something stupid, all of the above, right? 
But it was hard because the church I plugged into when I first became a Christian, I was the only young adult. I was the only guy like, I don't know, under 40 in the church. I was in my mid-20s. There were no other young adults in the church. And the pastor was great. He was, he was a little worried about me. I knew the Lord had directed me to that church. There were a lot of churches. There were churches that had a lot of young adults. and had a, But the, I felt like the Lord was directing me to, to that church. And, and the one thing he did, you know, it's like, I, I want you to tell me what to do, when to do it, where to do it, how to do it. I need you to be in control because I have made a mess of everything up to this point. So from now on, you're in charge. And I just started look, actively looking to God to lead me like that day by day. And, he, and he, he will do that. If you're serious about being led, he's serious about leading. And he led me to this little church. And I'm, it's like, wow, this, I'm, the only, I'm the only young guy. And one day the, the pastor, you know, like I say, he was a little worried about me. And he was afraid I'd start going back to the clubs, you know, because that's pretty common. Some of you have done the same thing. You're going back to the clubs. You think something's going to change. You're going to find what you never found before. But this time you're going to, it's like buying a lottery ticket. This time. I'm going to hit the big one. And the, the, the pastor pulled me aside one day, and, he, and he, he handed me a key to the church. I'm like, what, what's that for? He said, that's for Friday night. What's happening Friday night? Nothing. <laughs> but when you're looking for something to do, you don't have anything to do, and, you know, and you're tempted or whatever, come here. Just come to the church, unlock the door, come inside, turn on the sound system, you know, put on a worship CD, whatever, and, you know, just... Just come here, hang out here. And that's what I did. All by myself. It was boring. <laughs> but it was safe. You understand? I didn't get in any trouble. None. And that's the only thing you ever find in a club. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, I just, I just love to dance, man. I've heard that one. I don't know how many times over the last... 20-something years of ministry. I, I remember young models back before we started the church. Some of you don't know. I, I led a ministry to the fashion industry. No, that's not how I met my wife. But I did lead a ministry to, to models and photographers and, you know, bookers in, in that industry and everything. And I'd hear it over and over. But I just love to dance. I don't drink. I just want to dance. Listen, dance here. We got a hardwood floor back here. We got a mirror on the wall. We've got a dance instructor, world renowned. I mean, she's recognized. She's a gifted dancer. We'll, we'll dance here. You're only going to find problems in the club. That's all you're going to find. Trouble. One thing I often hear is, well, I don't have anything in common with other Christians. Well, maybe that's because you're still looking for commonality in the things of the flesh. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe, maybe the reason you're not finding things in common is that you're still used to having fellowship around the things of the flesh. If so, that needs to change. You know, when, when, again, I was, I was in my, in my mid-20s and doing, you know, drinking, doing drugs, going to the clubs, doing all that stuff. And I stopped. And I would, go, I would go home at night, or I would. I'd, I'd, I'd go to the church. I tried that a couple of times. It's like, okay, that's not working. But I'd go home with my Bible, big box of cheese crackers, you know, a soda, and just sit in the middle of my floor. And then the Lord began to bring other people. And, and you know what I found? The most exciting times I had, the most fulfilling, exciting, thrilling times I had as a young man in my mid and late 20s was in prayer. It's in prayer. 
Because what I found out, see, I, I found other Christians who were just as excited about the fact that there is a God and he's alive and he wants to go to work in my life and he's doing stuff and I just need to talk to him about things and I need to ask him questions and I need to cry out to him about these situations and my friends who are suffering and my family members who are sick and I need to, I need to take these things to him and when I do, he's listening and he responds and he takes action. And you know what? I had some of the most exciting times in the front seat of my car, two or three other people just praying together, just praying, crying out to God and expecting him to act and watching him act, watching him do things. Because when supernatural stuff really does start to happen in, in your life and you realize that Almighty God is actually here right now. He's actually engaged with me right now. He's actually speaking to my heart right now. He's actually moving in my circumstances right now. There's, listen, there's nothing in a club that can compare to it. There's nothing. You understand what I'm saying? When you realize that something supernatural is taking place right now. And I've seen it time and again, time and again. The commonality that we have is the Spirit of God. That's what we have in common. In Ephesians chapter 2, he tells us that he's actually knitting us together, making us into one being. John chapter 17, Jesus prayed for it. He prayed about it. God, Father, make them one even as we are one. I in them and you in me. Let them be one as we are one. In Ephesians 2, he describes it. He describes it almost like a tapestry. I mean, Ephesians chapter 2, he describes it as a tapestry at one point. And then in another place, he, he describes it as a building that's being built. He says, we're, you and I, we're being built together into a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. That's what we have in common. And so that's what we need to be focusing on. You know, I remember a guy coming here. This was years and years ago, and some of you have heard the story before, but he comes in and he visits, you know, and, and then he, he says to me at one point later, you know, I, I enjoyed it, but I just don't really have anything in common with the folks at your church. I'm a professional person. It's okay to laugh. He, he you know, he came and he, he came in a suit and tie and the rest of us were in blue jeans. So he thought we were all plumbers and he was the only attorney in the room. You know, it was that kind of an analogy that he was... And I'm like, just the fact that you got people in blue jeans and flip-flops and, and, and whatever, you have no idea the diversity in this family. There's such diversity. chase after so much in this world, the best job, the perfect family, the prestige and fame that we think will satisfy. But will it ever be enough? These worldly achievements may seem like exactly what we want, but in the end, we can't take them with us to heaven. These things can also become idols in our lives, becoming more important than our Savior. As we've studied the book of Hebrews, we've been warned that nothing should take the place of Jesus in our lives. Nothing else and no one else will give us lasting satisfaction. Our lives should focus first on the Savior, allowing Him to direct our steps in all things. We are so glad you tuned in today to Main Thing Radio. If you'd like to learn more about this ministry, please visit our website, MainThingRadio.com. Listen to additional teachings by clicking on Podcast and download our mobile app to take Main Thing Radio with you on the go. Come and follow our Facebook and Twitter accounts to keep up to date with everything that's happening at Main Thing Radio 
and Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Find links to our accounts at our website, MainThingRadio.com. With that, our time with you has come to an end. We hope you'll join us next time as Pastor Robert continues to teach verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Hebrews, right here on Main Thing Radio. Main Thing Radio.